I think the thing that I have um, become better at is being very, very clear about my, my values and um, not letting something drag on for too long, right? Um, so before I would, you know, get really frustrated at people not um, working the way I would like um, because I don't, I really don't like chase. I don't like being chased for work. And I don't like doing the same to people. So making me have to like hound you for a deadline you chose, right? And that you can easily just tell me beforehand that you can't make it. It's just not what I want. Hello and welcome to Peer Mentor Circles, the podcast. I'm Aurelua George Taylor, founder of Peer Mentor Circles. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Young Leaders series. Today I am joined in the studio by Timmy. So hi Timmy. Hi. So do you want to take a moment to just introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay. Uh, my name is Timmy Ajibwe, and um, the short story is that I make software and as a result run startups. And yeah, I think I'm supposed to say my age, right? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm 27. I think I'll be 28 in September. You yeah. think or you're like 100% sure? I am fairly certain. <laughs> Um, so the reason I invited you, I actually invited Timmy onto the show a while ago and I'm glad that I was finally able to get organized and get him in here to share a bit about his journey to leadership. So do you want to tell us a bit about how, like, what was the starting point for you? Um, take us back to what did you study in school? Um, well, what I was supposed to be studying. Yes, what you were supposed to. This is interesting. So I brought this up for a reason. Yeah, I was supposed to be studying electrical and electronics engineering. Uh, but I hated school and I just never really did it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you decided that school wasn't for you, what was the next step? How did you figure out what you were going to do next? Um, it was a very drawn out process. Um, I kind of always knew, like from maybe like my second or third year that school wasn't for me. Uh, it's just like society is very annoying, right? So you're kind of forced to like pay school fees and register and live in school. So it was very difficult figuring out what I wanted to do. But I just kept doing many things. And when I found that I no longer needed my parents' support, I was just like, I'm not going back. Right, yeah. So I've done a bunch of stuff. I've um, been tech support for some online magazine. I've started a business with my friend. And what we did was help people ship things from the U.S. to their address. I used to freelance making websites and apps for people. And now I run my own startup. So I've done many things until I realized I don't need my friends anymore. So I was like, bye. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get your um, first job, the tech support job? How did that come about? Um, so I was in my second year in uni. Um, in So, I mean, a lot of people hate uni, but like uni in Nigeria is so much worse. So I could already tell, because I already started feeling that there was no way for me with this education like i will not be able to feed myself so i texted my friend's older brother and i was like i realized that there's no way for me here i need work any work i would do it and he was like okay um someone starting this online magazine comes to the office just say what you think you can do and i said well i can use laptops installing stuff figuring out yeah and eventually i ended up building the newer versions of the um, magazines and time went on so I just begged I was just like guy any walk please I just need to do something So. and how was that first experience for you um I it was useful 
Um, I learned a lot. Um, it also made it clearer what I could be good at or like, like who I wanted to be. So it was very useful. I met um, lifelong friends actually, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, and it gave me an insight into how Nigerians treat their employees. Um, even though I think most people would consider my experience to be good, you know, it, it was things like owing salary for like four months and everyone's like oh but these guys are great you know they don't really keep you and i was just like yeah this sounds like a really low bar but otherwise i think it was a useful experience yeah so are there things that maybe you learned in your very first job that you've carried with you um through the rest of your career so far um yes um one of them would be to um i think always be honest with the people you work with about work about anything uh I find that people usually work when they want to. So trying to like deceive them into working or trying to like pretend like everything is fine when it's not is not really it's not good for you and it's not good for um them, right? Because they just keep presenting you and they don't turn out the best work and da da da. So I just being some dishonesty made me feel a bit weird and I just felt like if I was ever going to run anything I wouldn't do it this way. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to be say now that you're being very modest about what you do. What? <laughs> you're being very modest about So we're going to fast forward to what you're doing now. I feel like you're being very modest. So can you please tell us about what you do, your current position, and also your company? Don't be shy. Um, okay. Uh, I'm the CEO and CTO of a tech startup called Bycoins. And Bycoins, among other things, is the easiest and fastest way to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other digital assets in um, Nigeria and soon to be the rest of the continent. Um, but we do, we do a bunch of other things too. <laughs> <laughs> so how many people are in your um, team? It's crazy because it keeps changing and it's wild. Um, I think as of Monday, maybe we're 24-ish. Oh, wow. So it's growing quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um how did Bycoins come about? Can you tell us a bit about you know how you got to this point? Um I guess it depends on what angle of the story you you want. Um is it like how I ended up here with my career or like um what brought up the idea and so I think it's both. So like you know, you've told us a bit about figuring out that school like conventional higher yeah. education may not be for you. And that your path would look different. Yeah. Um, it seems like quite early on, you sort of found yourself on a trajectory that was going down the like software tech yeah. Yeah. path. But it may not have been completely fully formed. Yeah. So what was the sort of catalyst or what, where was the point where you were like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I'm interested in um, blockchain. I'm in interested in cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's actually very random. Um, I... Really like I really like making things, and I especially like making software because uh, it's less dependent on other people, <laughs> <laughs> which of course I find is you you need people to build things. But um, part of why I end up starting things is that I feel like no one else will, right? So I want to be able to like go a long way on my own, 
um, you know, with my computer. Uh, but funny enough, um, I took time off. So I used to be a f- um, freelancer contractor. I used to build software for like anyone, anywhere in the world that could pay what I wanted. Uh, and I decided to take a break from that. I also decided to get like a steadier job because I had this idea I wanted to work on at the time and I just wanted to get like a steady income and just not the only other thing I'm doing is this thing and that was a completely different idea from this I rarely talk about it and then just some events that were happening with um my friends buying crypto me needing bitcoin to send to my other friend who is now my co-founder and you know having gone through some of the things I went through with my first business with the shipping thing and international payments um it just one day i just was like why isn't it easier to buy bitcoin and instead of working on what i actually planned the whole last year to work on i was just like you know what i think this will be i think this is a problem i can solve so let me just let me give it a shot i thought it was going to be easier than it is but (laughs) yeah uh and i ended up here three years later so so um in terms of then building your team what was that process like? Like, can you talk us through that process? Yeah. Um, a lot of things I, I realize in retrospect what I must have been optimizing for. Some things I didn't really, I couldn't really put words to because no one really knows what they're doing. Um, you just try your best and then, you know, you learn and you. Uh, but what I found is that, like, company culture is very important. And it's usually formed by the person who starts the company, at least initially. Um, And I find that different kinds of people can operate under different kinds of conditions. So the thing I tried to just do was, once I realized that someone doesn't fit my company culture, I think it's better to terminate that as fast as possible so they can find where they fit and so you can find um, who fits you, I guess. Um, so yeah, that that is kind of like what I realize I keep on doing, uh, and some of the things I optimize for because me myself, I hate being micromanaged. Um, I want to work, so you don't have to tell me. Um, I kind of, I'm, aut- I'm an autonomous like work thing. So like I do things on my own. I um, take initiative. I seek out knowledge. I don't need hand holding. So those are kind of people. Those are the kind of people I try to work with um and initially my co-founders and then that's kind of like what we optimize for and we also value communication so i really like people being honest and upfront because work is hard and it doesn't always go like you plan so yeah um that's kind of like how i've been hiring thus far yeah so um what are the kind of the key principles or values you've tried to keep in mind uh, when determining what kind of culture you want to create for people that are working with you and for you yeah um, so there are a few things, um, uh, with regards to, um, the service or product that we're offering, there are things we prioritize and with regards to working together, there are also things we prioritize and sometimes there's an overlap. Um, so with, with, um, the product and like interacting with our users, one of the things my co-founder, um, tends to, um, never let us forget is that we must remember to have empathy for our users, right? So... And that, that means many things. So you must understand that um, you need to communicate with them. You need to ask them what they want. You need to understand why they're upset. You need to try to make it such that they're not upset again. And also, like, with working together, you know, communication, 
Um, so feel free to proactively communicate in a way that's non-blocking, actually. Um, so, you know, it's not like you must always drag someone out of their work to communicate, but, like, feel free to communicate. Also, you know, just, like, initiative, like, realizing that you are responsible for getting your work done and no one is going to, like, stand on your neck to do it because they have shit to do, right? So those are kind of the things that we always try to... And I, I think it's very important, at least at the very beginning, because... As you grow, the people you hire first will essentially be leaders, right? And leaders need to be able to take um, initiative. Yeah. Um, you know, 27, I don't know if it's, I wanted to say like 27 is young to be like a CEO and CTO, but you started by Coins Africa a lot younger. How old were you when you started? 24. So how did it feel to be, was this your first time leading others like leading a team no you led a team before this yeah because i i i i always start things i need to find people (laughs) yeah yeah um but a few times uh and yeah just a few times like certain like projects for example because i was like freelancing yeah if i get a project and i need my friends or like people i know who are good to work on it i will essentially be managing yeah yeah yeah. so i did that a couple of times and so how okay so let's talk about your earlier experiences of leading what do you think is different or has anything changed in terms of how you led people then and how you lead and manage people now um i think it's very difficult to pinpoint how i've grown i guess or maybe regressed Uh, (laughs) but i think the thing i have um become better at is being very very clear about my my values and um not letting something drag on for too long right um so before i would you know get really frustrated at people not um working the way i would like um, because I don't, I really don't like chase. I don't like being chased for work, and I don't like doing the same to people. So making me have to like hound you for a deadline you chose, right? And that you can easily just tell me beforehand that you can't make it. It's just not what I want. But like, I find that a lot of people work like that. It, I think a lot of, I think that's actually how work. Yeah, people don't know how to like recontract and they don't know how to manage expectations. So yeah. they'll often over promise and under deliver yeah. because they don't know how to say, hey, I said I could do this by Friday, but, but I'm I realizing can't. that actually I may need a few more days because it's I need, hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I need yeah. to get more information. Um, mm. I don't know that a lot of people are comfortable doing that. Yeah, and, and I, it's, it's also not really their fault because sometimes that's the, that's the expectation um i guess the leader has of them so i try to be really really honest and i try to um because sometimes working gets frustrating and i think um being able to communicate in a way that expresses all your feelings like um displeasure or pleasure without like descending into um shouting or like calling people names and da 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 so I, I really, I just find like I'm much more selective and I'm very, very, very honest, very, very upfront. This is how I work. Um, this is how I'd like you to work. If it doesn't work for you, it's fine. Can be friends. Um, because I, I, I really hate having to do something myself. Right. It's like I could have just done it myself all this while. So you have the opposite problem of a, lo- a lot of young leaders. Actually, the problem is that they try to do everything themselves. It sounds like actually you're... you're 
where maybe you had to sort of focus is, look, if I've delegated this to you, I really need to trust that you can do yeah. the work and that you'll deliver as, yeah. as agreed. Yeah, because I feel like that's the fundamental, well, maybe it's just my nature, but I feel like that's the way to um, get more done, right? When you create autonomous systems that do not need you to, to function, right they can do other things and then you can you can focus on other things yeah as but well. like creating more of those, yeah right? yeah uh, yeah so uh but i can also do a lot of things myself so don't waste my time i could have done it yeah so so um how easy or difficult has it f- been for you to sort of coach others you know if they are making mistakes or if they are underperforming how difficult or easy is it to approach those conversations in like a constructive way and how do you try and sort of frame those conversations in your mind before you go into them. Yeah. Um, it's really good to have support systems. Um, my co-founders are my support system. Um, we're very different. Uh, I'm the more spendthrift um, founder. I'm the more um, impatient, um, depending on what. Uh, you know, Tomah is much less organized. Uh, it is very austere for some reason. <laughs> um, but there's also overlap. Like, there are also things that we already know we value. We communicate. We Communication is very important. So we communicate. We we um, run things by each other. And so, like, even before I express displeasure, because I know that these people are less likely to make a snap decision to do something than me, I would ask them. Because I do trust their yeah. opinion, right? I, I really do trust. I might think they're wrong, but like there's some value. There has to be some value in what they're saying. If not, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I, I run things by my co-founders a lot. Um, and not in a blocking way, just in a very autonomous, um, this is how I'm feeling about this person. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. And, you know, there's really no rush sometimes. Um, yeah, also, and I... While it's difficult to trust that they will be completely open, I try as much as possible to get feedback from everyone on my team. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, the reason why that is useful for you to do that, it's because I'm I'm trying to blow, right? And I know you two, like we have aligned goals. We're trying to succeed at, you know, our mission and also even financially. So if you tell me what I'm doing wrong, I can improve, I can make it better, I can make work better for you. And, you know, sometimes some people aren't um, forthcoming, uh, but when you do it enough times and when they see that the little things they mention have been factored into how the company operates, then, um, you know, you start getting better and better feedback because yeah. they, they become more comfortable talking to you. Yeah. I, the people who have been with us almost as long as the um, company has been in existence who literally just called me out and be like to me that makes no sense bro and I'm like why and then you tell me and I'm like fam <laughs> what would I do without you yeah so okay so it sounds like um, of course being humble enough to ask you know how am I doing as well and being receptive to that feedback I love this thing that you said around make sure that people can kind of see that you've implemented some of the changes so if someone gives you specific feedback and it's something that can change and it's going to make work better or easier then you're happy to make that change and you'll make it clear like you'll make it visible to them that you've done it so um i think you've touched on something important around like staff engagement letting people know that their voices matter and like they're being heard um and i also think that it's great that you 
asking for feedback makes it then easier for people to receive the feedback that you want to give them too because yeah. you've created that environment of trust yeah. as well. So um, Yeah, trust is very, very important. Trusting that someone actually wants to work, right? Once you Once you can beat your chest and be like, this person actually wants to work, then you won't be paranoid about like their motivations or anything. So you'd be more receptive to anything that they're willing to say. Yeah. So have there, um, I think maybe now, because you've been doing the work for a bit longer, perhaps this isn't such an issue, but earlier on, how did you get people that were working for you to buy into this vision that you had for the company? Like, how did you sort of say to them, look, this is what we're working towards. We can do this. Do you want to be part of this? Like, what was, how, how did those kind of conversations go? I really don't value trying to convince people to do things. Okay. Um, I don't really think I did anything um, to get anyone to buy into anything. I just really, I just said what I wanted to do. And um, in some cases, people would express that they want to work. In some cases, I'm like, I would like you to um, do this, but only if you want to, because if you don't want to, then there's no point, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't really think I did anything. I think um, it's because I, when you, it's now become, it's more than my vision, right? And it's a shared one. Yeah, um, especially with my co-founders. It might have started as mine, uh, but like, even structurally down to like how the company is shared is not i'm not i'm not the only person responsible for this vision so yeah okay so basically it's creating a picture of what you want to be able to achieve or do and then just finding people that already buy into it rather than yeah. having to convince them that yeah. look this is what we need to do please let's rally together and sometimes it takes time sometimes you tell people and they think about it and they're like okay yeah and sometimes when they are ready you can't afford them <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah it's it's just really um there's no path really i think a lot of the time and why i actually don't really answer questions that people are expecting <laughs> like magic answers to things but there's really no predefined um way to do anything yeah no but i think that's an important point so actually part of the purpose of these conversations is to show that there's no one magic way to lead people. There's not going to be just one solution to inspiring people. Um, you have to trust that people that, are, like you've said, people that are coming to work, if you've hired the right people, then they want to do the work. And then your job is maybe to try and facilitate, mm. to, to make it easier for them to do it mm. and to remove any blockers. And, um, a, and an important thing is self-reflection. Um, I find that <laughs> this is, I think this might be something that might be shocking to people, but like I am, I find that people or or some leaders I've, I've interfaced with in, in my life um, don't want to show any signs of weakness or like needing to improve or just like inadequacy. Right, and I think where my confidence actually stems from is that I actually know I don't know everything, but I'm going to try. So, stop me. Yeah. So, and the best way to like kind of try to um, bridge your gap is to admit it and then ask questions and then seek out information. So my, because people think in order to do something, you must be certain you can do it, or you must be so confident in yourself. I every like you have to try 
right? Whether you know, you can't have all the answers. You can't, yeah. So, yeah. So that speaks to, I guess, being willing to be vulnerable as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah. as long as nobody thinks you know all the answers, they'll understand that you're also learning yeah. as you go as well. Yeah. So um, do you encourage people that are working within your team, do you encourage them to sort of come up with ideas and solutions of their own? When you're trying to come up with like a, a um, let's say there's like a system update or there's a change, a big change coming, do you draw on feedback and input from the wider community? Is it the co-founders alone that will create the vision and say, this is what we want to do? How does it work? How do you generate ideas? And um, So how we actually work is um, right now for a lot of things, the co-founders still get to choose um, what they're prioritizing. And, and I will explain why. Um, but most things are... So we have a system where... So we work in sprints. And we've been trying to vary the time of each sprint to see how it works. So we've done six weeks sprints before. Now we're back to four weeks. We're trying to see if that works, right? And before we, and we have a two-week cooldown period where it's like work on whatever you want. Um, but and that means if someone can convince you to help them fix one of their issues, fine. If you want to prioritize writing some documentation, that's really up to you. Um, but and in those weeks, we tell everyone to pitch. Right, and we have a pitch format, which is like, um, this is the motivation. So, and and it's very important to do that because, the more the company grows, the farther I am away from, um, everything, right. So, a lot of insights come from the customer support team. I actually think that's the most important team in the entire company, and they're just like users complain about this. We explain this, but they don't care. This is how they feel. So. This is the motivation. This is the proposed solution. And this is, um, they will take a guess at the resources, right? So that's where the founders come in. We know just how uh, many people are hired. We know how much they cost. We know how much time they have. We also know, like, um, financial pressure. Like, this is how much we're trying to, yeah, so this is what we can prioritize and not. But everyone gets to pitch. Everyone, people from finance, people from customer support, operations, everyone gets to pitch. And, and a pitch can even be, we need to take time to work on an internal process, right? So it could be we need I need to spend three weeks figuring out how the customer support team and the engineering team can work closer together. That is not something that we would um always or even often like push to do it in your own time because it's work and you should we should let you because we trust that you do want to work. So everyone gets to suggest what they think we should do. And then with some refinement from other people's voices and us explaining, okay, you know, we can only spare um, this team of developers in four weeks. So what we want you guys to do is to create the best, um, smallest version of this. And yeah, and you know, it's, it's always a conversation. And more and more, I would like to reduce my involvement. I think that's actually my job, to free up time for myself to think. Um, so I would like to not have to be the one that makes a decision i would like to trust i've had people who understand how to go back on decisions or to you know forge forward and da 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 so the, the goal is actually to have them just build what they want <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it's a pretty democratic it sounds like there's um there's still an element of democracy to the way in which people can they have the opportunity to come come forward say look hey here's a problem we've identified yeah this is the solution we're proposing review it I, like, I like that. This yeah. Letting people have a say. 
yeah. and letting them feel personally invested in the work that they're going to be doing yeah. as well. Democracy is it's, it's very important. I also find that, surprisingly, I didn't think I'd feel this way, but hierarchy is also important. Yep. Um, hierarchy is also important. Uh, there's just different, like, motivations, different pressures and different, like... Because at the end of the day, someone has to be responsible for everything yeah right yeah someone has to be responsible for everything that's the burden of leadership yeah like ultimately you can make somebody else responsible for doing a specific task but who is accountable for the overall performance or delivery that's the people at the top um and i guess you also exist so that the people reporting into you feel safe yeah to fail upwards so you know to make mistakes and to learn from them yeah i think it's just like Guy, me too. I don't know what I'm doing. Let's, like, it just makes everyone feel like even this person that started this thing is figuring it out. And there needs to be, there needs to be that, those people where it's like they are leading us and, you know, we trust them to do so. Uh, yeah. So, so um, if someone were to approach a member of your growing community, what would you want them to say about working at Bycoins Africa? Um, there was one thing that it's happened a couple of times, and I cried actually. Um, that my employees said, but they always say things like, "Um, Bycoins actually wants you to grow, and um, it's a fun place to work at, but like, it's hard work. So it's very interesting. Like they're happy to work and." We don't actually like no. We don't care when you work. Like I don't. I don't care when you are awake. Actually, I wish. See, I wish you've actually figured out a way to sleep and work. If you figured it out, please share it, <laughs> so we can be more efficient, right? I don't care. Um, we also don't really police like how many days off. We don't care. Just tell us. Um, you know, I'm traveling. My family. This is what's happening to the sprint. Um, or I. I'm not feeling well. Uh, I. You know. So we don't really care how, just as long as your work is done. So it, it is hard work, but I think it's fun. I think it's the kind of thing that people, uh, and they've said it, and hearing more of that as I go farther from everyone makes me feel like the culture is still sustained. And that's what I would like to happen if we, you know, become a you know, 500-man or person company, rather. Mm. Yeah, 500-person yeah. company. So there's a lot of uh, flexibility, a lot of freedom and autonomy, yeah. a lot of trust, yeah. a lot of vulnerability. Um, if you could point to like maybe the three most important leadership attributes or the three leadership attributes to you that you think, look, every leader needs to be doing this or thinking this way, or, mm. what would they be? Huh. I, I try to refrain from general... Um, advice like that because I'm doing what works for me um, it does seem as though some people different leadership styles work for them I don't get it um, like being like a um, like a like a military type I don't get it but it seems like it works and some people seem to like that kind of leadership some people <laughs> seem to value it I don't really I don't see the, it's not vibes for me so uh, but I would say um Honesty is very important. Um, honesty in everything about yourself, most especially. What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? What are your worries? What are your dreams? 
honestly, I think it's actually one of the most important things to have because you can't... Again, like I said, I don't really like convincing or almost like tricking people into doing things. So it's like... I'll be really honest about what this is. And if you want to do it too much, then I trust that you you want to do it too. So I think honesty is very important. But some people get through life by lying. Maybe it works for them. Um, I also think you can So because... And it's, it's very tricky. But because you have no one telling you what to do, you always have to have an insatiable <laughs> thirst for creating work for yourself, right? Because, like, there's you essentially have to chart the path, and um, and there are many ways to figuring that out asking questions, speaking to people, da, da, da. but you have to understand that it is your responsibility to point where forward is, and it's a burden as much as it is, um kind of like a good thing right because that's what you want to do right so also yeah and it's it's a responsibility too so i think those two things honesty and just understanding that you are responsible for these people you're responsible for this work it is you have to continue to push um so you have to be the last person that that's tired you have to be the last person that gives up you have to be you have, you have to be the person that no one feels like they lost this mother you <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that that's just me i think that all of this is just like my own life um yeah no but these are good tips wait I, but this is too so you said honesty yeah and you've said like um it's just, almost like making sure that you continue to create that value yeah and that whether that value is in showing up and being enthusiastic about the work yeah. or finding new problems to solve or making sure that people remain focused and that you don't drop the ball. I think what you basically said is similar to what um, Oyinko said last week, which was you've got to be better yeah. than the people that are... You've literally got to be better because you're setting an example. You're setting the tone. You're setting the pace. You're setting the vision. And um, every, you've got to like lead by example. Yeah. Um, yeah, so do you have a third... Yeah. And I just I wanted book. to add that like better doesn't mean better at their field. No, that, no, no, that's no, impractical. No, no, yeah. no, you don't need you to should, be a technical expert in yeah. a space that is not your area of expertise. Yeah. In fact, what you should be trying to do is get people who are better at their fields than yes, you would ever be. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And I guess the the second one I was just going to say is like, um, you also have to be um very aware that this could fail, um, and when I say that. You know, people like gasp or like, what do you mean? Don't fail in Jesus' name. And I'm like, <laughs> um, knowing that is actually kind of like motivation for me. It's like, you can, you can. So you better fucking build. <laughs> you know, you better, you better, because you can fail at any time. Um, so it's like kind of this mentality that uh, it's always day one because after day one it's stasis and eventually obscurity or something like that. It's unfortunately, no, unfortunately, but the person that said this is actually Jeff Bezos. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So just keep your eye on the rearview mirror and yeah. know that at any point in time, um, things could change. Yeah, because like success is actually quite a foolhardy thing to chase. Uh, it's ever so elusive. It's really hard to do. So expecting this to be a cruising you know easy thing 
doesn't actually make sense. What you're trying to do is bad shit and it could fail. So So shouldn't like so knowing that you could fail should also be the thing that keeps everybody busy because you should be working yeah. towards making sure every day yeah. it's not it's never um never getting so comfortable yeah. that you think that failure is not an option and so you can relax. Yeah. But it's also like freeing in a way where it's like that's just life. Um Do you, your best. Yeah, and you fail at many things. So Bitcoins itself hasn't failed. But we fail every day, right? There's something we could be doing better. There's something that we did wrong. Um, and just kind of knowing that life is just um, failing and learning from your mistakes and trying to move. Um, yeah, I think it's it's kind of freeing where it's like in the unfortunate event that, you know, Bitcoins and some of the other things I'm working on fails, I know that I would have learned a lot and i would do something else that i think it doesn't like that's just life with everything all kinds of career paths all kinds of relationships and everything so yeah just understanding that you can feel is both like permanent motivation but also kind of freeing mm. in a way that's like you're human yeah so mm. this has been a very insightful conversation me i'm just it's just vibes <laughs> <I> just <laughs> No, I've learned a lot. I think people listening um, to this episode will learn a lot too. So we said at the beginning that you could do a plug for the job vacancies that are available yeah. now, open now. Um, yeah, today we um, announced that we're looking for a senior product designer. Um, the, there's a list of requirements, but just someone who can design digital products really well and maybe hopefully gives you know a... Um, who it's about um, the future of, um, you know, borderless transfer of money and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. And we're hiring um, a product manager and two customer success um, reps. And customer success at Bitcoins, like I said, is actually probably the most important um, aspect because if you, like what you're trying to do is build something they want. And the person who can give you that information is the person who gets to interact with them on a daily basis. Uh, to kind of get more information, if anyone is actually interested, um, we tweet all our job openings, and it's bycoins underscore Africa, and they would be pinned or you know the latest tweets you see. Uh, yeah, so that's awesome. And if people want to find you online, where do they go to look for you? <sighs> um. <laughs> or do you not want to be found? That's okay too. It's uh it's a it's a tricky it's it's I have a love hate relationship with being found. Um most of the people I've met in recent times that have changed my life in some kind of way, either my you know, career, my friends, you, um, I met on the internet. Like I found most of my new friends, most of my new everyone who works at Bycoins, my co founders, my housemates. <laughs> I met them on the internet but there's sometimes people find you and you're like why am I here uh, <laughs> but if you're the first kind of person um, you can find my Twitter at T-I-M-I-G-O-D um, yeah okay and if they're the second kind of person they shouldn't find free you. me okay free. so if you're the first kind of person <laughs> then you can find him on Twitter and if you are the second kind of person just enjoy the episode and wait for the next one <laughs> <laughs> okay great well thank you so 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 much for um agreeing to join me on this episode. It's been really nice having you in the studio and just hearing a bit more about your experience and um, listening to you sharing your insights as well. 
my pleasure. I hope it will be somewhat useful to at least one person. It's going to be useful. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Um, thank you very much to those of you that have tuned in for another episode of the podcast. Again, this is Aurelua George-Taylor. This is the Peer Mentor Circles podcast. And um, this has been part of the Young Leaders series. We're going to be continuing with this series in the next episode. So please stay tuned for that. If you need to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at peer underscore mentors. And if you need to find us on Instagram, we're at peer mentor circles. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't. Bye.